When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. The Minnesota Vikings are pretty much the best team in North American team sports to never win a championship. Welcome to Before We Die with Jesse and Thor on Purple Daily and Score North. What's going on, everybody? Happy Monday. Um, Mondays, you guys seem to be sweeter, especially here on Before We Die, brought to you by Purple Daily and Score North. Uh, Again, Mondays, sweeter. When we get the victory, the big old W, Ross Brindle over there. Putting that up, I'll toss it up there too. Although I always think of it as Wisconsin too, so I try not to do that too often. But I'm Jesse Pierce. Thor, you got a got a W for us? I'm I'm just super excited right now. This is one of the best <laughs> Mondays of my life. I mean, just an absolute butt kicking yesterday. It was yes. glorious, absolutely glorious, and I'm excited to talk about it. Let's talk about a Minnesota Vikings a 23 to seven victory over the Green Bay Packers. They start off the season one and zero. you know, it's, they dominated in literally every position. Justin Jefferson, 11 targets for a career best 184 yards. Um, you know, overall Thor good first impression with Kevin O'Connell's new offense and in general, the entire team, because the defense didn't look too bad either. Everything looked good. Yeah. Everything looked good. The, the offensive scheme change that, that we talked about, you saw how that manifested with Jefferson, who was just clowning the Packers for four straight quarters, didn't get as much usage at the very end of the game because it was a blowout. You know, they, they, they yeah. then they toggled it back just a little bit in the second half. But importantly, didn't toggle it back like you saw with Zimmer, where it was literally just trying to deflate the ball. I think Jefferson made a comment in the post game about how it's so different playing in an offense that just attacks, 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 no matter what mm-hmm. the, the game you know script is. And you saw in the second half, even though they, they didn't score as, as many points, the Vikings only had six points in the second half, but they were moving the chains. You know, they, mm-hmm. they were trying to get first downs. And a, a common misnomer out there is that the way that you uh, tick off clock is by running the ball it, mm-hmm. it, when you're ahead. It's not. Yeah. It's converting first downs. Really keep the ball right. longer that way. And and you saw the Vikings doing that. Just a dominant win. That, I mean, A-plus all around for the coaches, the players. Um, there's not too much to nitpick today. There's really not, you know, you had mentioned, uh, they said it actually, Adam Thielen had a similar quote, Justin Jefferson, probably the same, but Adam Thielen said, I've never been a part of an offense where you're just attacking and attacking and attacking, no matter the score, no matter the situation. And it was, I mean, we were all excited to see this offense in action and we saw glimpses of it out of the preseason, knowing that we weren't seeing the starters and knowing that you weren't seeing it at full strength. And here it was in all of its glory. I also love the confidence that Kevin O'Connell had you know, in that first scoring touchdown to go for it at four and oh. one, right. Rather than 
going for the kick and playing it safe. I think you saw that confidence really exhume out of every single player and Justin Jefferson being the number one. I mean, literally, you can only hope to contain him. And Jair Alexander wasn't even able to do that. Uh, his, they said it. The game plan was to not allow 18 to beat us. Why I wasn't on him, that's not my call. Anybody watch me play, you know that's what I want. I mean, what did I mean? It almost seemed neglectful that the Packers didn't have an answer for Justin Jefferson, which again bodes well for us on the Viking side of things. But what are you doing? Like time and time again, he is left wide open in the end zone or wide open down the field. Um, just complete lack of preparation, it seemed from Green Bay. Yeah, well, to, to the first one about that fourth down call early on, yeah. that was like a moment where, like, you're still nervous because it's, you know, it's the new season, it's the opener, you're playing the old guard of the Packers. Yeah. But that was the first moment where I, I sort of grabbed my buddy's arm, you know, and we didn't say anything, but it's like, this, this, this is different. This is different. Zimmer would not have made this decision. Yeah. And then you saw that that worked out. The Packers, their own fourth down call did not work out as well. We, we can talk about that in a bit. But the, the coaching difference between the two sidelines um, was market. There's no, there's no other way to put it. Lafleur and all those guys, they got to be looking in the mirror today. Lafleur was kind of throwing his players under the bus after the game. A couple of the Packer players were throwing the coaching staff on, <laughs> under the bus. Everyone on Green Bay, I mean, Green Bay just played horribly and they had a horrible yeah. uh, game plan as well. The Vikings was just about the opposite to the point of, of the Jefferson thing. This is something that we were talking about leading up to the game about how the, the Packers did not have tape on, on the Vikings, on, on the new scheme, uh, mm -hmm. the, the machinations in the new scheme, but also the new players in the scheme. And then you didn't get to see as much of the starters in the preseason. I'm talking about for the opposing team because O'Connell keeps them out of the games. And so this was, you know, we, we talked about this. I thought this was a golden opportunity for the pack or for the Vikings to ambush the Packers on their home field mm -hmm. in, in, in the opener. And that's exactly what happened. It, it seems like, I mean, it, it's sort of unthinkable because you, you did have the, the Rams tape and you saw what the Rams did with Cooper Cup and you, right. you think it would be sort of similar. But the Packers, it was like, oh, my gosh, like Justin Jefferson is moving before the snap. Like, yeah. is that is that legal? Is he is he allowed to move? Because yeah. like in, in the past, you know, I, they had a stat up yesterday. I hope I don't butcher it. But last year, Cooper Cup was was number one in the league in terms of percentages of snaps where he was motion, number one in the entire league. Justin Jefferson was somewhere down in the 30s, which just makes no sense when you have a matchup nightmare like him. Yeah. You, you, you should try to just exert it, exert it, exert it, and then put as much usage toward him as you possibly can. The old coaching staff, that's when you just leave him out on the boundary and let, you know, Jair Alexander – try to clamp down on him, try to run with him or whatever. This staff was like, no, we ain't doing that. We're, we're going to try to get him on a linebacker. We're going to try to get him on your slot yeah. corner. Try, try to get him on one of your ancillary guys. And a few times, no Packers were covering Justin Jefferson. And that right. goes back to the coaching as well. And can we talk about Kirk Cousins moving in the pocket, you guys? Like, <laughs> what? What is it? Is it the year of Kirk? I posed this question, which again, I know he's such a polarizing figure for people. Either you love him or you hate him. There's no in-between. But I mean, yes, Justin Jefferson, again, the standout superstar. Seemed like a simple game, but again, Kirk Cousins playing with that confidence, playing with a little swagger, playing like a different Kirk Cousins than we've seen in the previous regime. He was playing with a ton of swagger. Uh, he had protection. He had the, the scheme was in his advantage. Justin Jefferson was open on half the, on half the, the plays. The running game was going as well. Love the way that Cousins was playing. The, the criticism of Kirk Cousins, like the people that his detractors, it would always be like, 
Um, you know, the, 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 you know, the thing that I can say about Kirk Cousins is he's the best system quarterback in the NFL. But like, of course, the strong insinuation of he can't take things into his own hand, yada, yada, yada. Well, OK, the, Kevin O'Connell might have the best offensive system in the NFL. So if, if you have the guy that, that is going to flawlessly run it every single play, you know, like a, a, a you know, like a watch uh, maker, you know, kind of like the, the meticulousness like that. That's mm-hmm. always been Cousins' strength. And now being schemed into these opportunities, what again, what a difference between the way that Zimmer and Kubiak used arguably some of the NFL's best offensive talent, Cousins, Jefferson, Thielen, I mean, just down line, Delvin Cook, et cetera. And then the way that O'Connell did. It is just two polar opposite type philosophies. And we knew which one was going to be better heading in. And the way that they leveraged that, I mean, it was still mind boggling to watch it play out when you're playing this team that over and over and over again over the last decade, as Aaron Rodgers reminded the media several times leading up to this game, had won the division. A couple things that stand out to me from the game against the Packers. One, how easy it seemed to be. Yep. Yes. And there's those typical moments in an NFL game, and typically most Vikings games, I'm just speaking from history here, where maybe they build a nice little lead, especially in the past regime, but then the stacking of points, so to speak, stops. And the game always gets close. It always turns into a one-score game. Mm -hmm. So yesterday, Aaron Rodgers fumbles, and the Vikings recover it, and immediately, I think, got to score a touchdown here. Just have to score a touchdown. Sure. They didn't. They got a field goal. Great. Mm -hmm. They extended the lead. But it never mattered. I was All I could think about was, oh, only getting a field goal here. That seems big. Not saying the Vikings are going to lose, but you had a chance to bury him and Green Bay still kind of quasi in the game. Yeah. That that didn't happen for multiple reasons. And some of it is, I believe, what Thor's talked about for literally a month right here on Before I Die is just being able to ambush them. The Packers kind of knowing what the Vikings want to do, but really not knowing what they <clears throat> want to do. And also Aaron's trying to get caught up with his new receivers. Yeah, right. Second. And can we laugh about Christian Watson dropping that pass and how much Aaron okay. Rodgers hates him, right? Like, Yes, um, that's my second point. Pouty Aaron Rodgers <laughs> is the best Aaron Rodgers you will ever see in your life. And look, I know I'm gloating. It's one week. I said on Thursdays bef- before we die, I think you could you could feel like the Vikings were going to win the game on Sunday, but still think Green Bay will win the division. I'm not I'm not changing that. I feel a bit more bullish and optimistic today, but I, I still don't think you can bury the Packers because of a week one game when they have a history of not looking so good in week one. But pouty Aaron Rodgers just puts me in a better mood. It puts all Vikings fans in a better mood. And it's a great day for the NFL when he's so smug and so snide and making those comments and then telling Justin Jefferson, you're the best player on the field or what do you say? Best player in the game today, which I think he meant that game and maybe not the entire NFL, but who knows? Maybe he did mean the entire NFL. You know, and I got to give some love to Zadarius Smith. Obviously, he had a tremendous game, but him getting that sack on Rodgers after he was stirring the pot a little bit before, you got to love it. And I know Rodgers was asked post-game, hey, what did you think about Smith? I don't have any comment about Zadarius. And, you know, (laughs) Howdy Aaron Rodgers, just classic. Um, You know, I'm going to play devil's advocate advocate here because that's what I do. Do you think 
that this that victory yesterday against Green Bay is symbolic of how good the Vikings are or how maybe not good Green Bay is. I mean, should Minnesota fans really hang their hat on this victory and saying, yes, they are, the division now does go through Minnesota? Or are we looking at it as, you know what, it's week one, Green Bay was was hindered without some of their best players as well? I mean, how are we taking and digesting that victory? Are, are we being too excited about getting it? Because, again, it's Green Bay. That, that's the only game they win all year. I'm sorry, but that's fine. I like it. I, I just need to win that game. Um, are, we, are we getting too far ahead of ourselves, or do you think it showed enough that this team is different? No, I just ordered my NFC North 2022 <laughs> championship shirt from online. No, I, but, but no, I mean, it's a little bit of both is, is what it is. The Vikings have clearly taken several steps forward. The, the Packers have taken steps backwards, but we, you know, I mean, at least I thought that coming into the season with losing Devontae Adams, Rogers had, had, had pulled you up for, from whatever deficiency you had on the roster before, but now with how old he is, you know, you start to wonder, like, how long can he do that? And we knew yeah. that the, the Packers were going to have one of the NFL's worst receiving cores. It, it arguably is, I mean, it's certainly bottom three, even when all the guys are healthy, might might even be the worst. But on Sunday, it absolutely was the worst. Going to your point about who the Packers had, you know, had inactive uh, because of injuries. You had Alan Lazard out. So, they, I mean, their, their bad receiving core was decimated even further. You had the two offensive linemen out, uh, Elton Jenkins and Bakhtiari. I, I actually thought that one of them would play because I, I think it was Elton Jenkins who had returned to practice like a day or two before. I think um, but Bakhtiari I, did, actually. Oh, the Bakhtiari. Okay, I, I, I'm, I'm, so. I might have flipped that. But yeah. it, maybe the Packers just did that to, to give the Vikings something else to think about. Like, oh, he, he actually might play. And he ends up not playing. And then the, the Packers suffered multiple injuries during the game. Um you know, I mean, it, not to Aaron Rodgers, certainly, or, or one of the running backs, but I mean, they were, you know, down a little bit. But then again, I mean, the offensive line was the one that, that mattered the most for the Packers. But like the receiving core, even when Lazard comes back, they're still, like I said, they're still bottom three in the NFL in, in terms of their receiving core. They have to figure out, like the Packers, it's not just looking themselves in the mirror. It's they need to go back to the entire drawing board and like all their plans over the summer. And I think they're going to need to rethink a lot of them. I don't know why that team did not invest more into the receivers. They, they made the trade with the Vikings where they got Christian Watson, but we knew it was going to take Watson a little bit, you know, like we, we, we just did, right? Like it, it was going to take him a, a couple of years of, of acclimation, whatever. And you were hoping that he was going to become a certain thing because of the attributes, because of the speed, because of some of the downfield utility you saw at NDSU didn't play out yesterday, but, um, <laughs> but, but like he wasn't going to be a guy that you looked at that was immediately going to be a rookie of the year contender. And then meanwhile, mm -hmm. there was all these different veteran receivers that were available that the Packers could have gone out. And it's weird that they didn't right? like yeah. Julio Jones got picked up off the scrap heap. What a, you know, a month before the season started or even less. And I mean, I could go through a million different names and you're wondering if you're the Packers and I'm sure Aaron Rodgers would think of this all summer and is thinking it even more now. Why did you not go out and get me help on the perimeter after you, especially after you traded Devontae Adams? 62 year old Sammy Watkins does nothing for you. <laughs> well, you heard say, it here I, first. He wasn't going to have his breakout season this year. I I wasn't going too far out on a limb on that one. That was targets, a pretty fortified limb. How many targets did he? I saw him with the ball once. Did he get he even had, targeted more than that? He had three targets. He caught. Well, he did catch it, but he only got 18 yards. He had three he catches got, for 18 yeah. yards, no touchdowns. His long gain was nine yards. 
I think Jesse, to your to your point with your question that we set that you set up with, are we basically getting a little bit out over our skis? Mm-hmm. I, it to me, it's all how you view it or what prism you want to view it. Yes, long term, we probably are, and I think most sane people would admit that. However, when you take at, well, Thor, we don't think you're sane. Thor thinks yeah, that yeah. they're going undefeated the, the, the now. The, the, yeah. the, the disclaimer changed a little bit there. Yeah, <laughs> when. When you take on a divisional opponent, even if it was the Lions or the Bears, and you get that week one win and you dominate it and it's a game in the division, that does feel extra special because now you start doing the math and you start to assume, okay, the Vikings should at least beat the Bears once, hopefully twice. That gets you to three division wins. Can you sweep the Lions or at least win one game against the Lions? That gets you to four. Maybe you beat Green Bay again. You get to five. If you can go, or excuse me, my math, that's Lakeville math there. My apologies on that. (laughs) But if you can get within the division, if you can go four and two, I mean, that's going to set yourself up pretty nice. So it shouldn't be lost how big of a win it is just to get a division win in week one. It's not like the Vikings hosted the Jaguars and beat them. This This was the team you're trying to dethrone in the NFC North. So I think Vikings fans should be excited. You can spin anything you want to me about the Packers start slow. I get it. I still mm-hmm. expect the Packers to be heard from. That doesn't mean what the Vikings accomplished yesterday in week one should be diminished. And oh, by the way, much like all Vikings fans, I live in fear of the place kicker. <laughs> Greg Joseph just continues to look like one yeah. cool customer. Best thing that maybe ever happened to him was missing that kick against Arizona in week two of last year. Yeah. Perhaps it got all the, all the bad vibes out of him. I think that's just it, right? They probably did an exorcism right afterward. And we're just like, you know what? We got this out of the way. Uh, we're going to be perfect from here on let's out. Hope. Let's um, hope. You know, and, and you're right. I mean, it's a very different customer Monday night football against the Philadelphia Eagles. We'll dive more into that in Thursday's episode of before we die. Um, another thing I want to talk about from yesterday's game or not in yesterday's game, Lewis seen inactive uh, reports said that he re aggravated a knee injury, had an ice pack during practice. Um, what do you guys think of that move? I know Thor, you had mentioned you weren't sure if maybe they were just trying to save a little face or uh, what? Let's hear the take, man. Well, I you wondered beforehand when they made him in, inactive and there hadn't been a ton of ink spilled about this injury he's suffering from. You wondered if the Vikings just made him uh, said he had an injury and made him inactive, so you don't you don't have the the media being like, oh, you you, you made your first round pick a healthy scratch. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure he does have have a tweak. Um, we knew he was going to be a backup that like early on in the season, you know, Bynum's going to be starting and maybe throughout the season, I mean, we'll, we'll end up seeing, but seen is not, he's one. I mean, like this is outside the game, but he was not as far along as the Vikings thought he would be last year. He played on this historic Georgia defense and what he's really good at. It's going aggressive downhill. He's sort of a riverboat gambler. And then when he gets near the ball, a lot of flash plays come from that. But mm-hmm. you wondered about the decision-making uh, of Louis Seam because with all the guys around him, it was almost impossible for him to, to screw up badly enough where it was going to become a, where he was going to get burned on the back end just because of everybody else that Georgia had. Yeah. So, you know, we talked like 
in evaluation. Most of the times it's from the other side of where we talk about how players pick up uh, bad habits from playing with bad teams. Like you see this a lot with quarterbacks when, when they play behind a bad offensive line in college, even if they're a super talented kid, you have to sort of coach them out of seeing what was Sam Darnold said ghosts in the pocket. Like mm-hmm. Sam Darnold never stopped seeing ghosts in the pocket. He played for a better team, but you know, th- there's better examples of this. But with Louis Seen, you, you're doing it from the other side where he almost learned a couple bad habits just because any mistake he made with his decision-making process or with triggering downhill a little bit too early, you know, leaving himself susceptible on the back end, it was going to yeah. be made up for by his teammates. They were going to get a sack anyway, or, you know, th- the pressure was already going to be there, et cetera. I-, I think they're still working on on that, you know, through with him. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was kind of interesting. He wasn't inactive yesterday. Yeah, again, I thought – maybe I just missed him and you had to even inform me like I missed that he was inactive because that surprised me. I think everybody was excited to see him uh, speaking to safeties. Harrison Smith, though, one interception on a deep jump ball looking so good. Uh, Game high 90.4 coverage grade on his first review and only allowed 26 yards on five targets. Love to see it. Another player I want to talk about another rookie um, guard Ed Ingram. We were all high on him coming out of camp and we were all excited. He won this starting position. One sack, three hits, one hurry on 33 pass blocking snaps to finish with the worst initial pass blocking grade in the game. Um, What did you guys make of Ed Ingram's first career start? I will I will not accept any aspersions towards towards Ed Ingram (laughs) in in, in pass pro. There was a couple flubs, but he was awesome in the run game. Really, really good, which. Mm -hmm. If you're a Viking fan used to watch it, you know, why we, we talked about these guys, why Davis and Samia and all these different guys that they've missed on to have Ingram go out and control his man, put him on roller skates, going backwards um, in, in the run game. That alone, it's, it's like, oh, wow, we actually might have drafted a good guard like it could play right away. Um, the, the, the pass pro stuff will be something to, to monitor uh, going forward. But he he didn't have a big problem with that at LSU. In fact, he was playing immediately on the 2019 LSU team that, that is the most dominant offense in college football history and was pass, pass, pass. Th- this guy is extremely experienced in pass pro at the highest level of college football in the SEC in money spots. So I, I'm not terribly concerned about that. He also has the, the mm-hmm. ridiculous anchor, you know, very strong player. And he has those super long arms. Those should behoove him in, in pass pro going forward. But what I was excited about with that Ingram is you saw the, the him being able to move guys consistently in the run game. Do you want him to get better? Yes. Does everybody expect him to get better? Yes. However, I will say this in his defense or adding to that. There are guys going to the Hall of Fame that have been made a fool by Kenny Clark. So <laughs> I'm not I'm not going to hang him out to dry too much for that. Good to see him get his feet wet. Good mm-hmm. to see him look competent. And overall, I thought the offensive line looked pretty good. Kirk did get some pressure on him. We all know that he did get hit a few times. But overall, I thought they were good enough in the passing game to at least allow him to move around in the pocket, make things happen, find Justin Jefferson. And they did enough to get the running game, I think, going enough. This is this yeah. is uncharted territory for uh, recent Vikings history, at least. The Vikings love to run to set up the pass. Very football cliche. They went the opposite <laughs> yesterday. They did a lot of passing to set up the run. What I found very interesting we might do we have a bit of a pitch count on Dalvin Cook to try and keep him healthy as the season goes on because we right. saw a pretty good split with Dalvin Cook and Madison things we have not seen mm-hmm. in the past before maybe that's an effort to keep Dalvin 
a bit more healthy as the season goes on. A very Rocco Baldelli-like approach. <laughs> well, it's, it's just smart coaching, right? Like, I mean, you're up 17 to nothing at halftime. Delvin, they're going to need Delvin, not only, you know, for the mm-hmm. entire regular season, but it's looking increasingly likely that they're going to need him beyond the regular season. And so you want to keep him <laughs> fresh-ish, but, but healthy is, is, is the main thing. And so getting Madison more work, uh, you know, during a game that essentially became was a blowout by halftime in, in terms of mm-hmm. NFL parlance, I thought that was a, a really good idea. Madison looked really good. There, yeah. there was a lot of a lot of this fan base was 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 trying to drive out to Madison's house and help him pack his bags. But before cut day, they, they, they wanted to trade a Madison. Um, Madison looked really good. And I, I think that's that's a really positive thing. They're going to use his his pass uh, his pass catching, I, I think, in this offense a little bit more. But in terms of running, one of the things he's been dinged for in the past, it's a lack of vision. But he was as good per touch as Delvin was in this game. And I thought it was really smart the way that they used him. And to Ross's point, to, to keep Delvin fresh and to not try to overload Delvin with, with touches in a game that you win by 16 points. Yeah, right. No, I like I like doing that split. I think Alexander Madison's a very competent back. I mean, there's no reason to not. And you had mentioned the injury. Save a little face there. All right, before we wrap up today, guys, we have to talk about another big rivalry victory. That happened <laughs> over the course of the weekend. The Iowa State Cyclones defeat the Iowa Hawkeyes in Iowa City, which is mm, even sweeter. Mm. My Cyclones, Thor's Hawkeyes. Thor has a lovely Iowa State logo to display now on his profile pic. You're still stirring the pot, which I feel like there should have been a disclaimer in there that you have to like be supportive of Iowa State for the remainder of the week. Oh, that would have been he's, a bridge too far. He's not humble at all. He initially was very <laughs> humble in a tweet, and now everything since then has been not humble at all. Exactly. Well, I, I Drink don't... your spilled milk, Thor. Well, I mean, I, I, did I not immediately after that game was done change the profile picture? It was send out, yes. Send out the no. complimentary tweet. Immediately. That was it. Yep. That was it. And that I, was the now. terms of the bet. I I kept them right after the game, and I will I will keep up with it through through the end of the thing. Now I'm not every tweet I'm sending out. It's not ripping Iowa State, but there's been a couple funny scenarios where opposing people, uh, opposing fan base, college fan bases that don't follow me, they'll come, they'll see one of my tweets. And then they'll come in and start replying, mocking Iowa State. Am I egging them on? You know, th- them thinking I'm an Iowa State guy and thinking they're going to get one over on me by ripping I- Iowa State or ripping Ames? Uh, yeah, I mean, I might let them go a little bit. Might might encourage them to to do so. I that was not against the terms of the bet. I think that that's okay. And it's the one thing, honestly, that that's getting me through vis a vis that game. Oh, I, man. Jesse, just so I can tie this into me and have have a part of the fun here. <laughs> yeah. You you saw that I t- texted Thor on our chain and said, "Well, get used to it because this will happen again in a few weeks when Iowa comes to mm. Dinky Town." Yeah. And Thor, and Thor, I think Mm-mm. just replied replied with a crying emoji. So. <laughs> Sounds about right. Sounds about right. Yeah, I, mean, I was only crying in person. I didn't send the crying emoji. It was, it was privately, it was but... real private. Yeah. A, I mean, it was an awful game. I will say that both offense look terrible it was a terrible terrible game but that's what the iowa iowa state game usually has been billed as right like one that's just gonna smother the life out of you with low scoring and like fumbles and turnovers and grossness um yeah just a struggle fest but the cyclones get the victory you all heard my victory song on uh, on go go, go on jesse's page on twitter it's it's quite a treat even if you were on the wrong end of that song. those pipes i mean those pipes just i got motion i was i was feeling it it was fantastic so go cyclones 
way to get that victory. Uh, go Gophers when they face Iowa coming up here in a few weeks. Oh, because... Or we'll, we'll put together a bet for that. Oh, yeah. We'll do, I, we'll do I, something similar. I, I love it. I, I got to get back to even money on the show in my bet. So <laughs> I, I will be happy to take that. And I think I'll probably be down at that game. So I'll, I'll be wearing <laughs> if... my Iowa stuff and Gopher fans can come up to me and make fun of me if they like. If the Gophers lose to that Iowa squad, and they might because it's college football, I will cry. That is that is one ratty offense, my man. Maybe that'll be the five to three game we've we've been hoping for. All right, now as we conclude each and every episode of Before We Die, brought to you by Purple Daily and Score North, we have a couple Before We Dies predictions, fun, loose things. Uh, let's start with Ross. What is your before we die? Before we die, and perhaps this season, Justin Jefferson will run for, throw for, and catch a TD pass all in the same game. <laughs> I love it. I love wow. it. I Yeah. Why not? Wow. Why not? Okay. All right. You, you want to go first? I'm positive. For People say I'm negative. I'm positive about this purple <laughs> team. I'm positive. <sighs> all right, Thor. You want me to go? I'll go next. You can it's go. Long- before we die, and I know it's already been predicted, but I haven't predicted yet, and people are going <laughs> to feel one way or another about it. Before we die, Kirk Cousins will be a Vikings MVP quarterback. That's what's going to happen, which it feels weird coming out. Like, it feels very odd even leaving my lips, but why not? Kirk Cousins, so we're on the will, team. He will win an MVP. Will, you're you're yes. all in. I'm, okay. Yeah. Not just, not just team MVP, MVP of the MVP league. of the league. Mm-hmm. Wow. She's all in. Wow, that's that, that is that's something. I actually got two of them. I couldn't decide, so I just like to give both of them. The first one goes back to the Iowa Iowa State game. Oh, you can't let it go. The, the Iowa fullback he scored a touchdown. The refs overturned it. They said he fumbled before the goal. He didn't. He didn't. I want Jesse yeah. to admit that Monty Pottybaum scored that touchdown, which would have given us. He didn't cross the plane. He didn't cross the plane. That you're gonna die before that ever happens. <laughs> I, I I'm gonna find different views of that, and then you know you're gonna have to look. I'm gonna just a Bruder film this, yeah, so that you eventually it. will do admit. It. My other one is probably more topical to the Vikings. You know, all all summer I said that the Vikings were gonna go 12 and five. They were going to ambush the Packers in, in the opener with, with the new scheme and everything like that. And I thought that they might even win handily. I, I think I said on the last show that I thought there was a shot that they could win by double digits. And yet the people, well, not everybody, but the people in the comments, there was a lot of comments about, oh, Thor's a homer, you know, yada, yada, yada. I just have one thing to say to those guys before I die. You won't laugh at me. Well, I have to say, you're not laughing now. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, he brings oh, out the audio clip for that one. That is dedication. I'm still he's still yeah, are we holding? I guess this is a good question. To conclude, conclude, are we holding Pat? You think they're gonna win 12 or more? Yeah, 12 games. And and by the way, another thing, you know, we were talking about the the, the winning the division title before. You know, that's that's what I thought. Before heading into the season, a lot of the mathematical models that you look, you know, at around the industry. They a lot of them had the Packers slightly ahead of the Vikings. There was a, a few exceptions that were where the Vikings were ahead. Football Outsiders actually was one of those that, that Derek Klaus, you know, we, we talked to Derek Klaus in I think second mm-hmm. episode. But after this win, if you look at all the, the mathematical models that people have out there, the Vikings have now become the NFC uh, North favorite on almost every single one. This one result, and, and that's that's not someone's opinion, these are just cold numbers. They have flipped. The Packers are no longer the favorite to win the NFC North. 
the, the Vikings are almost the consensus favorite to win now. Now, it, season ain't over. There's 16 games left. But but you cannot read too much into this result, I don't think. I, I think we might have seen a change into the guard in the NFC Central yesterday. Here's what I want to know. How many wins is it going to take to be the number one overall seed and not have to leave U.S. Bank Stadium mm-hmm. until we get ready to party with the Lombardi? That's what I want to know. Oh, God, what? I love that we're talking about home field advantage what? already. This what? Is not, we're not bringing no, it back. Right, I said they were eight and nine. Maybe they'll go nine and eight. I'll change it that much. Like, <laughs> so you will you will apologize for that take, but you won't admit the potty bomb did not fumble yet. It's is a that game. just so it's, we're clear? Just yeah. Okay. But find Celebrate me on Monday night. I already overcommitted Celebrate by it. saying Kirk Cousins is MVP of the league, which is a lot, a lot, a lot. Which Again, is kind of hilarious if you Kind of hilarious if you think they're only going to win nine games. I know. Hey. <laughs> yeah, but you got to up that, Jesse, right? I mean, like, t- tell the viewers that you have come around on the Vikings. You're behind the Vikings. You you now think you've raised their ceiling after watching that opener. It's not on the ground. Also, the bar is not on the ground anymore. All right, I'll give you that. I will get. I can't. It a little higher I than can't. That. I'll go middle. I'll go. Mid- I liked what I saw. I do. I thought it was great. I also thought that. Green Bay probably underperformed to what they are still capable of. I still, I mean, again, I'm not a Packers fan. I need to reiterate this every time I say anything like <laughs> decent about Green Bay because people assume I'm not a Pack. I hate the Pack. I hate Wisconsin, everything, boo, bad, except cheese curds. Love me some cheese curds. But um, yeah, I, I, it's off the ground. I'm excited for the team. I'm excited to see, but I do find me, find me Monday night. I love cheese curds too. I just won't eat the ones made in Wisconsin. I literally threw out one of my friends' line of Kugels last night because I said he's not allowed to well, drink it during this game. <laughs> well, if we're all going to jab at Wisconsin, then yeah. I'm going to wave my Washington State flag. Go, oh, yes. Washington State. Your lips yes. to God's ears. College football. <laughs> all right. What an awesome weekend. <laughs> what an awesome weekend for everybody but Thor. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. It was probably a decent weekend, too. Everybody, yes. but everybody in Iowa, boo them. Sorry, guys. Um, this is again before we die. I'm Jesse Pierce. He's Thor Nystrom. He's Ross Brendel. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Be sure to check out all of our buddies hosting their different shows. Ventline came back. You've got all your Purple Daily content rocking and rolling each day of the week, talking Minnesota Vikings and whatever fun we might be able to find and have along the way. Join us again on Thursday for another episode of Before We Die. Until then, have a great rest of your evening. Bye. Skull Vikes.